The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the Winter Weekly Wrap from Hawkeye's Mike. This podcast focuses on Iowa men's and women's basketball as well as wrestling, plus updates on Hawkeye's football. You'll hear from Iowa's head coaches and student athletes, as well as sports reporters and special guests. In today's show, we look back at this past week's action and preview what's next. Men's basketball on the court, you'll hear from Fran McCaffrey, who talks about the overtime win over Indiana and tomorrow's game at Maryland. Also on the court in women's basketball, Lisa Bluter talks Senior Day versus Wisconsin. Tyler Chemelin will have his on-the-mat wrestling update, reviewing the Edinburgh dual win, the new Iowa State head coach Kevin Dresser, and he peeks ahead at the Big Ten tourney, and you'll hear from Tom Brands, head coach, and wrestler Thomas Gilman. And a special feature this week, baseball on the field, the earliest home game ever for the Iowa Hawkeyes baseball team. You'll hear from head coach Rick Heller, who talks about the win over Loris in that contest, and he previews this weekend's Hoover Classic. Hawkeye's Mike programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. Men's basketball on the court. Iowa played two home games this past week, splitting those contests. It was a horrible 70-66 loss versus a very bad Illinois team on Saturday. Iowa had no business losing to that squad. The Illini came into the game just 1-5 and five this season in Big Ten road contests. It was a sellout in Carver-Hawkeye Arena, a whiteout in support of Kenny Arnold. Many players from Iowa's 1980 Final Four team were in attendance. The Hawkeyes dominated dominated in the first half, then Illinois took over in the second period. While Iowa shot 50% from the field in the first period, it shot just 31% in the second half. There was one positive. The Hawkeyes forced 17 Illinois turnovers, but it wasn't enough. Peter Jock led the Hawks with 16 points. Tyler Cook chipped in 14, and he went 5 of 7 from the field. It was Iowa's second loss, only their second loss at Carver-Hawkeye this season. Then Iowa bounced back Wednesday night in a very very exciting 96-90 overtime win over Indiana. It was a weird game. Indiana kept the lead for almost the entire contest via shots beyond the arc, and yet Iowa was able to stay in the contest via free throws. It was a game of pronounced streaks. Indiana led for 35 minutes and 37 seconds. Iowa did not get its first lead of the game until there were just 2 minutes and 10 seconds left in regulation play. The game was tied 9 times, and Iowa's biggest lead of nine points came in overtime. The Hawkeyes showed great resiliency in this game after falling behind early. In fact, Fran McCaffrey used hockey line type wholesale lineup changes early in the game to get some energy on the floor. Many players contributed to this win. They were crucial to the win. That included Christian Williams, who attacked early and often from the point guard position. He scored a career-high 10 points. Point guard Jordan Bohannon and Tyler Cook played 
well late. Nick Bear, Cordell Pemsel, and Ryan Creener were also critical. Jordan Bohannon had nine points, all coming late, but he had six assists. And Bohannon becomes just the fourth freshman in Big Ten history to amass 100-plus assists and 60-plus three-point shots in a single season. But the real star in this one, it was Peter Jock. He played an outstanding game, especially shooting, one of his best as a Hawkeye. Jock finished with 35 points, including a whopping 22 of 23 from the charity strike. Broke a 55-year-old record for most free throws made in a game. And he played brilliantly down the stretch and in overtime. An interesting footnote from these two games, both John Gross, the Illini's head coach, and Hoosiers head man Tom Crean are on the hot seat. Their trips to Carver Hawkeye this past week might be their last, at least coaching their present teams. The Hawkeyes now sit at 15-13, and 7-8 and eight in Big Ten play. They're all alone in the conference at 8th. Iowa has played in three straight NCAA tournaments and five years overall straight in postseason play, but the NCAA tourney chances are gone after the Illinois loss. They were remote before that, but that one sealed the deal, absent winning the Big Ten tournament, which seems highly unlikely. The NIT does remain a possibility. Fran McCaffrey said earlier today that it would be great for a young team like his to participate in that tournament, but the Hawks will probably have to pick up at least two more wins to even get into the NIT. Iowa's facing back-to-back tough road games this coming week against two of the Big Ten's best teams. They're at Maryland tomorrow, 5 p.m. ESPN2. The Terps beat the Hawkeyes in Iowa City earlier on January 19th by a score of 84-76. Maryland is ranked 24th in both national polls. They're 21st in the RPI. They're 22-6 overall, 10-5 in the conference. In rematch games, Iowa's 3-3, but tomorrow will be very tough. Maryland is 12-4 in home games this season. It has four players that average in double figures, led by Mello Trimble with 17.4 points per game. And the Terps now lead the short all-time series, 4-2, and and they've won the last two games. Then the Hawkeyes travel up to Madison to play Wisconsin next Thursday. That's an 8 p.m. tip on ESPN. Fran McCaffrey had this to say about Peter Jock's play and his shooting versus Indiana. Nothing short of spectacular. All, all we were trying to do was, was move the ball and take what was there. And he's obviously a guy who wants the ball, and I think we want to get him the ball. You know, we never really want to just lock into one guy. We want to be able to establish inside, outside, other people, especially when you're in the double bonus. But uh, he was really good. He was really strong. He mixed it. He posted a little bit. He came up top. He was on the wing. Gave it up a few times. He was really, really special tonight. He has been, you know, the first time I saw him play as a freshman in high school, he's always had an unbelievable stroke. He has been a great shooter. Again, I, I can't speak to anything before that, but ever since I've known him, he's a shot maker. I mean, just his form is textbook. Uh, he's got great confidence in it, but it, I mean, it comes off his hand so nicely, and he shoots it the same way every time. And everything that you've ever heard a shooting coach talk about is follow through. You know where he puts his hands, his elbow. I mean, it's just it's it's perfection. After that game, McCaffrey talked about the resiliency of his team and his team's play in particular in overtime to pull out the win. I was I was incredibly impressed, and, and I told them so after the game, how proud I was of them. And, and the beautiful thing was it was so many different people. 
like I said, there were, there were a number of times where, where we could have packed it in, and we never did. And that says a lot about, about our guys. The, this is the fourth time we've had over, we've won two overtime games, we lost two double overtime games. So it tells you that, you know, we're fighting and we're in there, you know, and sometimes we're making mistakes and, you know, a lot of times we're doing really good things. But you have to, you kind of got to go through that and experience it because every, every one of those is different. Are they driving it? Are they going inside? You know, what defense are they in? Are they trapping ball screens? Are they picking this up full court? You know, what, you know are we running motion? Are we running sets? You know, what kind of action is working for us? Can we still run? Can we still get something out of our press? I mean, you know, those are decisions we're constantly making on the bench. And McCaffrey was asked how his team can build on the win over Indiana heading into Maryland tomorrow. Well, what, what you do is, you know, you, I mean, it's late. It's a hard-fought game. Let them enjoy it and, and, and rest a little bit and just go back to work. You know, we understand who Maryland is. They beat us here. They're one of the, not only one of the best teams in the league, they're one of the best teams in the country. They have tremendous personnel, great coach. So we have an opportunity to go on the road and play a great team and see if we can handle that environment. We were there last year. It's, as you know, terrific environment, very intense. Another step, another opportunity to, to improve and get confidence. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ooh, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. <laughs> Also on the court, it was a tough week for the women's basketball team. Iowa traveled to Purdue on Sunday after leading and dominating in the first half at West Lafayette. The Hawkeyes got blown out in the second half and they ended up losing 72-52. to Iowa led by 10 at the half, 35-25. to Then it didn't make its first shot in the third quarter until nearly seven and a half minutes was gone. Meantime, Purdue outscored the Hawkeyes in the third quarter, 25-5, to and they out scored Iowa in the second half overall 47 to 17. Megan Gustafson continued to excel. She had 20 points and 9 rebounds. Mackenzie Meyer added 10 points. Allie Disterhoft came into this contest with back-to-back 20-plus point games, but Purdue's defense blanketed her for much of this game. She finished with just 9. The Hawkeyes then had to turn around and return to the Hoosier State just two days later. They played Indiana on Wednesday in Bloomington. They lost a heartbreaker in double overtime 80 to 77. It was a great game, well played on both sides. The loss really hurt for Iowa. It also put a big dent in their postseason aspiration in terms of making the NCAA tournament. Iowa probably needs now to win at least two more games to get in the NCAA. They're just two and eight this season on the road. Disterhoft led the Hawkeyes with 23 points, and those points sent her over the 2000 mark in career scoring, just the second player in Iowa history to do that. Megan Gustafson added 19 points and 18 rebounds. It was her 14th double-double this season, the 23rd of her career, and Kathleen Doyle tossed in 10 points and had 8 assists. Iowa is now 16-12 and 12 overall, 7-8 and eight in conference play. The Hawkeyes return home to play a surging but very young Wisconsin team on Senior Day at Carver Hawkeye Arena, Sunday, 2 p.m. tip, BTN+. Then the Hawks are off to the Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis Wednesday through Sunday at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. That schedule's yet to be determined. 
Lisa Bluter had high praise for Ali Disterhoft for passing the 2,000 points in career scoring, and she talked about her three seniors. just want to start off by congratulating Ali on passing the 2,000 mark. Obviously, you know, 2,000 points is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, only two Hawkeyes ever in history have accomplished that feat, um, so congratulations to Ali for that. Then just, you know, this is our last game for our three seniors, and, uh, you know, so it's always a little bit more emotional uh, when you have uh, your senior day, and, you know, hopefully those emotions will help us. Uh, you know, Indiana had their senior day on Thursday and certainly helped them in that double overtime uh, victory over us, uh, so hopefully we're going to get the same kind of kind of emotion, everybody wanting to play for these three seniors. You know, Allie, the local girl, you know, it's kind of a fairy tale story, really, you know, and a local product comes here and then accomplishes all that she has accomplished. Uh, an amazing, um, amazing story, both academically and athletically. You know, Lex Kostanek um, has provided great leadership for us, has really kind of had an up and down basketball role, you know, sometimes starter, sometimes just never even really getting off the bench, but uh, she's handled it with pride. She's handled it with grace. Um, she's kept working hard. She's uh, been positive the whole time. And then Haley, you know, started here as a walk-on, an invited walk-on. And, and though her name is not uh, certainly big in the stat sheet, she has provided so much joy in our locker room. She's provided laughter, and that's a big role. Uh, when you're in a long season, a difficult, you know, ups and downs of the season, to have somebody that always brings joy to the team, that always brings, you know, a light spirit and will do anything that you ask her to do for the good of the team, that's an incredible example. So even though she doesn't contribute as much offensively and defensively, she has contributed to this team, and, and I appreciate that. Wisconsin is the foe on Senior Day, and Bluter talks about the improvement over the course of the season under a new head coach in Wisconsin. Wisconsin coming to town. Wisconsin uh, is playing their best basketball of the year. Uh, they've won three of their last five games after losing 10 straight in the conference. They played very, very well at Michigan, extremely well. Like, uh, you know, there was a very close game up until the very end uh, of that game. They're young, and they've just gotten better and better as the year has went on. They only start one center. She's a little bit difficult mitch, uh, matchup for us because she's so agile at the center position. Uh, Megan has seen it before, uh, but definitely will have her work cut out for her again this, uh, this Sunday. I just think that they've gotten more confident as the year goes on, and that's hard to do when you're losing games and all of a sudden you become, you know, you're getting more confident. But I think it's because they're, they were so young and they've just gotten better. They've gotten better throughout the year and they know they've gotten better. You can see it in their, in the way they're playing, the aggressiveness they're playing, the hustle that they have. You know, they have a new coach um, and I think anytime, you know, that can sometimes bring a little bit of renewed enthusiasm to a program that has been losing, losing, losing. And so I think Jonathan has done that, but I really believe it's just that they're a group that has played a ton of time and right now they're, you know, trying to obviously get the benefits from that. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. 
TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. <laughs> Time for On the Mat on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. Iowa Hawkeyes traveling to number 23, Edinburgh. The number three Hawkeyes drawing Edinburgh in the NWCA duels. The series featuring a lot of really good matchups. I think a lot of people scoffed at this matchup between number three and number 23, but some good matchups all the way up and down this lineup. Edinburgh is quietly a good team. They've got some very good wrestlers and some very good weight classes. They're going to make a little bit of noise, I think, come postseason. They're definitely going to have some of these guys wrestling at the national tournament. So a lot of good matchups. You look at Penn State, Oklahoma State. That's a big one. Ohio State wrestled Cornell. Virginia Tech wrestled Nebraska. A lot of really good matches. Iowa Edinburgh not having the kind of appeal that everybody wanted. Everybody hoping that it was going to be number three Iowa versus number five Virginia Tech. More on Virginia Tech and Kevin Dresser here coming up in a little bit. The former Virginia Tech head coach as of last week. He's finding a new home and that home is a lot closer than I think a lot of Iowa. Well, maybe a lot of Iowa fans do want to see where Kevin Dresser has ended up. We'll get to that here in a little bit. I'll preface this one with saying we're going to do a special feature on the mat coming up next week, previewing the Big Ten tournament as well as previewing the NCAA tournament. That's going to be right here on Hawkeyes. Mike going to have some special guests. Uh, Chris Cuellar with the Des Moines Register is going to probably join us, as well as Matt McDonough, two-time NCAA champion uh, for the Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. He's looking at joining us as well next week on a special edition of On the Mat. But let's go ahead and get into this one. Let's break this one down. Number three, Iowa. Number 23, Edinburgh. At 125, they started things off. Number one, Thomas Gilman. Major decision over number nine, Sean Russell from Edinburgh. 10 to 2 is the final score. It's a big deal for Gilman to get things started, and he always does well to get things started. He joined Flow Wrestling after the Iowa Edinburgh meet. Here's what Gilman had to say about starting the duel right. He talked to Flow Wrestling after the meet. I felt good. Um, got no choice other than feel good coming here to Edinburgh. Uh, some people remember we were here three years ago. We got punched in the mouth. It was kind of a hornet's nest. Um, so I, I had to be really ready to go and start this duel off right for my teammates, and they took care of the rest. So uh, felt good. The travel was good. Um, we took a bus out, out here from Iowa, but, you know, got to do what you got to do. Uh, weight cut was good, always good. Um, everything was good, you know. Major decision, 4-0 to zero Hawkeyes at 133. Corey Clark, the number five wrestler, got a major decision over a ranked foe in Corbin Myers from Edinburgh. 10 to 1 the score, 8 to nothing the score in the dual meet. Big win for Corey Clark. Nice to see him get some bonus points in this NWCA matchup against Edinburgh. 141, number 13, Topher Carton continues to peak at the right time. He pinned Nate Hagen in 159, made the dual meet 14 to 0. Moving on to number one to a 149, big matchup. Patricio Lugo, number 11, versus number three, Brandon Sorensen. Goes into sudden victory. Sorensen cannot get it done. He loses to Lugo. Final score 7-5 in sudden victory. 14-3. Edinburgh is on the board. It's a tough matchup. Here's what Tom Brands had to say about Sorensen losing at 149 in this dual meet with Edinburgh. Sorensen did everything he needed to do to win that match and then you got to know that guy's coming. That's probably the biggest thing that's obvious to everybody. There's a couple other things in there. 
but um, you know that guy's coming and then you know what stretch him out down there but biggest thing is we got to get to our offense we got to be a little bit more um, what we've been talking about all year with him. Sorensen loses number two Michael Kemmerer steps on the mat at 157 he gets the major decision writes the ship against Edinburgh he beats uh, Chase Delande uh, 16 to 6 18 to 3 Iowa back on track big 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 matchup at 165. Number 12, Austin Matthews of Edinburgh. Number 17, Joey Gunther for the Hawkeyes. Tough fought match. Gunther can't get it done, though. He loses 4-1. to one. Team score goes to 18-6. to six. Gunther, as we're going to talk about in the next couple weeks, it's going to be really fun and really exciting, but also a little cautious watching him go forward. He's a youngster, really trying to make his mark on this program, really trying to improve and peak at the right time, as we always talk about this time of year in wrestling. So Gunther can't get it done against Matthews. He loses 4-1. to one. 174, Alex Meyer, number 11. He beats Ty Schofstall 11-7. to seven in the matchup. Iowa extends their lead to 21-6. to Alex Meyer, business as usual. He's just trying to kind of get there. It's postseason wrestling time. We're really going to hammer on Alex Meyer coming up next week. I have a feeling it's his time. He's been an All-American. He's been right there. It's time for him to show that he can be an elite wrestler and he can make some noise in the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament. 184, Sammy Brooks, number three ranked wrestler. Major decision over ranked foe, number 17, Dakota Greer. This was one of those matchups I was looking forward to seeing how Brooks would respond, how, how well Brooks would wrestle and he answered all the calls I think 14 to 4 was the final score Sammy Brooks if you remember this time last year he was Big Ten champion and that was because he hunkered down put his nose down and said I'm doing this and he did it won the Big Tens lost in the quarterfinals um, to Dudley in the NCAA tournament but Sammy Brooks is a senior now it's now time for him to really start going and I think a 14 to 4 win over a ranked foe I think that's a good step in the right direction Hawkeyes up 25 to 6 197 Cash Wilkie gets a win over Dylan Reynolds from Edinburgh, 6-2. Nice win for Cash Wilkie. He needed a win here. You go into the Big Ten tournament hoping that Cash Wilkie can maybe get some points, try to score something for Iowa. Uh, you get to 197 and 285. They're both questionable for the Hawkeyes. They've got some youngsters there. We're going to get to a Stephen Holloway in the heavyweight uh, weight class here in a minute, but Cash Wilkie getting a win, it's what you expect. It's what you want at this point in time in the Edinburgh duel. So Hawkeyes take the lead 28-6 with one weight class left, ultimately winning the dual meet, obviously. At 285, Stephen Holloway Holloway has number 12, Billy Miller. He's really been through it <laughs> over the last few weeks. You look at all the guys that he's wrestled. They've all been, you know, ranked opponent after ranked opponent after ranked opponent. But it's good for a guy like Stephen Holloway. He's an undersized 285 pounder. He's got thrown in there when Sam Stoll went out for injury for the remainder of the season. He's wrestled some really good opponents. Uh, he didn't see Kyle Snyder from Ohio State, but he's seen uh, Crails from Minnesota. He saw Nevels from Penn State. He's seen some pretty good opponents on um, so far this year. So he didn't win this match against Billy Miller. 6-1 to was the final. But again, it's another feather in his cap. He He's seeing these guys that are going to be there in the national tournament that are going to continue to try and make some noise and try to be there at the end. So it's good for Stephen Holloway. It's a good step in the right direction, I think. And ultimately, I think that Tom Brands is, is happy, I would say, about where Holloway's at. But again, it's tournament time. There's no excuses. He doesn't care if you're a freshman. He doesn't care if you're good, if you're bad, if you've had a good year or bad year. It doesn't matter at all. Tom Brands expects you to win. And when you step on the man in the Big Ten tournament, he expects you to do well, and he expects you to make a run. And Stephen Holloway, he's a freshman. 
he gets thrown in there, but it's his opportunity, his time to maybe do something. The National Wrestling Coaches Association duels last week. The series was a great series. There were some great dual meets. Uh, Penn State beat Oklahoma State. Ohio State could not get past Cornell. That came down to the final match. Cornell ended up winning that one. Uh, Virginia Tech beat Nebraska. Virginia Tech's interesting because a lot has changed for the Hokies going forward um, in the last few, in the last five, six, seven days. And Kevin Dressler was there. He took over after Tom Brands left for Iowa. Everyone kind of knows the history there, I think, with, with Virginia Tech and Iowa. Everyone wanted Virginia Tech to wrestle Iowa in the NWCAs this year. Didn't happen. Iowa gets Edinburgh. Virginia Tech gets Nebraska. But Iowa State is parting ways with Kevin Jackson. We've known this for a few weeks, and Kevin Dresser's name came up last week. There were media reports, and then those media reports were nothing. There was nothing to it. People were out there saying, well, Virginia Tech hasn't said anything. Kevin Dresser hasn't said anything. But it all came... It all came to fruition, and Kevin Dresser is now the head coach in Ames. He's a Cyclone wrestling coach. He's from Iowa. He was a big part of a lot of history when you look at the Brands brothers and what Iowa, Iowa State can possibly be. And Now, I'm going to play this clip from Tom Brands, who joined Flow Wrestling after the uh, Edinburgh match last week. This is before Dresser was hired, but I think this is interesting. Hear what Tom Brands has to say about the potential or the possibility or the plausibility or the likelihood of Kevin Dresser taking the head job in Ames. You know, all roads point to Kevin Dresser. He's an Iowan. He's a mentor of mine. Um, he was there. He recruited my brother and I along with Ryland and Chelswick and Stryker and Don Finch. And uh, there's a lot of good memories there. He'll be across the state. I have nothing but good things to say about Kevin Dresser and always have had. And if he gets that job, I know that um, we're going to have to go to war with Iowa State just like we do every other year. It doesn't change anything. You know, you probably saw it coming. I mean, looking at it, they finally made a change. And um, now it's time to maybe move on to the next chapter for, you know, especially wrestling fans in the state of Iowa. But as far as what we do, we're curiously looking that way. And that's about it. We got work to do. That's Tom Brands on Kevin Dresser becoming the head coach for the Iowa State Cyclones. We'll talk about that more coming up on our special feature on the mat going uh, for the Big Ten preview coming up next week as well. There you have it. That's the last weekly winter recap of the regular season for the Iowa Hawkeyes. This is on the mat. Hawkeyes finishing 13 and two, lost two, two dual meets, number three Iowa, lost to number one Penn State, and number two Oklahoma State. The one six to end the season, and you got to be happy with how things are trending for this Iowa team. They won Midlands. That was a good jumping off point to go into the regular season. Did not perform how they would have liked against Penn State, and definitely didn't perform how they would have liked against Ohio Oklahoma State. They won some big matchups, though. They beat Ohio State. I'm not sure if they would have won that match if Kyle Snyder is in the United States wrestling, but they won that match. They beat Wisconsin. They beat Minnesota. They beat Nebraska. Beat Indiana in between, and ultimately they won six in a row going into the postseason. So Iowa next week at Indiana in Bloomington. It's going to be a fun tournament. You can catch a lot of that tournament on the Big Ten Network. It's a great weekend. If you have a chance, go to it. I've been to numerous Big Ten championships. They're a lot of fun. If you can go to the finals, it's one of the greatest experiences you'll experience in, in sports. It's just awesome. Then the national tournament comes up after that. It's a good time right now to remind everybody that postseason wrestling is when the Hawkeyes make their hay and they haven't really done it as well as they would have liked in the past few seasons with Penn State emerging. You've seen teams like Oklahoma State and Ohio State and others make real noise in the postseason. Is this senior-laden Iowa team the team that's finally going to break through, finally win a Big Ten, finally win an NCAA tournament? It remains to be seen. We will see coming up in the next couple weeks. 
As I mentioned, special feature of On the Mat coming up here on Hawkeyes. Mike, two-time NCAA champion at 125. Matt McDonough is going to join us, as well as Chris Quare from the Des Moines Register. Looking forward to previewing Big Ten Wrestling. Postseason's here. I'm excited. You should be, too. This has been On the Mat. I'm your host, Tyler Chumlin. This is Hawkeyes. Mike. Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the news and events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Well, as you know, this podcast is called Winter Weekly Wrap, but spring has been in the air in Iowa City the past few days, stunning really for February, and one result was Iowa baseball playing its earliest home opener ever. The Hawkeyes hosted Loris College on Wednesday. They got an 8-1 to win. A lot of players saw action. They gained important early season experience, and it helped prepare the Hawks for this weekend's Hoover Classic played in Hoover, Alabama. Down there, the Hawks will play two games versus Alabama State today and tomorrow. They won today, 3-2. to two. Then they'll play one game Sunday against Moorhead State. The Hawkeyes return 17 letter winners from last year's squad. That includes three starters, plus their designated hitter, and 10 pitchers, including two-thirds of their starting rotation. The Hawks are 3-2 and two overall now. They lost two of three down at South Florida to open the year, then the win over Loris on Wednesday, and then, of course, beating Alabama in that opener down there in the Hoover Classic this afternoon. Iowa head baseball coach Rick Heller had this to say after the win over Loris on Wednesday and what that win means for his team. Great night, big crowd, good for our guys to get out here on our home field, way better for us than a practice at this point. Basically, it's the for me, it's just another game to play and, and the more they play especially the new guys they become more comfortable and they're able they're able to just relax and play and you can talk about doing the things with the mental game and all that but until they get out there and actually practice it in a, in a competitive situation you know it doesn't it doesn't really take effect so the more we can play the better the pitching staff that was big for me was getting those guys out there on the mound so that we didn't have to set for two weeks or maybe three weeks and then all of a sudden they're in a pressure situation they hadn't even pitched yet that's big as well Hello was asked how easy it is now to play and practice much earlier the season in Iowa City compared to what used to be the case with the upgraded facilities at Dwayne Banks Field and elsewhere. Oh, it's it's it's, it's way easy. I mean, it's it's a game changer, absolute game changer. As warm and as nice as the weather's been, if we had grass, we probably wouldn't have played today. Frost might not have been out of the ground or it would have been too soft. The water's not turned on. You got all those things to deal with. And, and having this, you know, it's just amazing. We've been outside so many times. Uh, the last last couple of years, last three years, um, that we wouldn't have been otherwise. And, you know, this year we were able to scrimmage a couple times. That's rare, don't happen much. You know, we can get the outfield out quite a bit. Even if it's cold, we bundle them up and get them out there. You know, take ground balls for 20 minutes and get back in. And, and, and having the football facility that we practice in right here, it's a great situation for us. And Heller looks ahead at this weekend's games in the Hoover Classic in Hoover, Alabama, against Alabama State and Moorhead State. This this weekend this is going to be a challenge. I mean, 
mean, Alabama State, they won, what, 20-plus games in their league last year. And, and then this past weekend, they played some really good teams. Louisville, they've seen some good arms, so they're not going to be intimidated uh, by us you know, coming down there. And we're going to have to play really well um, to have a chance to win. And then Moorhead, you saw they, they had a really good team this past year, lost some guys similar to us, but then they rallied last night and beat Mississippi State uh, at Mississippi State last night. So um, going to be three tough games for us. Thanks to Tyler Chemlin for his on-the-mat wrestling report and to Iowa's coaches and student-athletes. We hope you've enjoyed this program. All Hawkeyes Mike podcasts are available and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Overcast, and other podcasting apps. HawkeyesMike.com, podcasting Iowa athletics for 10 seasons. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.